Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the program. Tonight, for your quintessential listening pleasure, poet Derek Davis is here. The title of his new book is Seed Time and the Harvest, Volume 1. The book is an empowering collection of spoken word poetry that will captivate the spirit. Welcome, Derek. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me here. All right. I'm going to get you to speak up just a little bit, all right? Speak up just a little bit for me. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. That's all right. That's okay. No problem. Yeah, I can hear you now. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, Let's begin this poetic journey. Are you ready? Yes. Yes, sir. All right. All right. What is poetry, Derek? What is poetry to you? Um, Poetry to me, my definition of poetry it's just um, an, ex, an ex artistic expression of, of thought. Um, everybody have their different uh, style of poetry. Um, my favorite style is spoken word. Um, that's where the style of poetry that I, I write in the most. Um, but, you know, poetry, some people rhyme, some people don't. I like to rhyme. Um, but it's, it's your... It's your um, this is just an expression of of art through words. All right. Expression of art through words. Why is it important, Derek? Why is poetry important? Well, um, poetry is important because I mean it's you know, as as with art it's an outlet. Um, it's an outlet for the artist and it's also an outlet for the listener. Um, whether it's uh, an escape from um, their problems or their situation, or whether it is a coping me- a, mecha- a coping mechanism for their problems or situation, um, either way, it's 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 a um, it's therapeutic to to the writer and to the listener. Very much so. I agree. Now. You share spoken word poetry. What exactly is spoken word poetry to you? Because it means so many different things to so many different people. What is spoken word poetry to you, my friend? Um, well, to me, spoken word poetry, it, it has a cadence that is it's kind of similar to hip-hop in the cadence of, of, um, of the speaking, and um, it can – and and um it's kinda like hip hop without the beat, you know. And um and it's more or less like to me it, it kinda even for those um maybe older heads that grew up on hip hop like myself, where they feel like, you know, hip hop has lost its message. Spoken word uh has the message and it's only the message. Um, you know, you can can you put spoken word to a beat? Um, you certainly can, um, but at the core of it, you're going to have a message. 
and um, and, and that's what I feel like spoke the word is. It has that cadence. So, All right, okay. very nice, very nice. Please share a poem. Um, the first poem I'm gonna share is a poem about uh, about uh, manhood. Um, well, just me reflecting on manhood and just seeing, you know, the the you know reflecting on my journey and my life and, and the where I've I've come to, and 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 all these poems in this book is about. Uh, you know my, you know the the revelation that God has given to me, and so the first poem I'm going to do is called uh, "Being the Man," and it and it goes, uh, "Manhood is a journey, and in that journey, there's lots of lessons learned. It's a destination that every male is chasing with desperation, but there's only a few that do any contemplating on these." expectations of manhood. Instead, most rather feel they hear with plans on being the man, but what they don't understand is that conception was formed from deception. What they see is not reality, it's just their perception. Satan is manipulating their observations. Their fantasies are just a mirage, but this type of light refraction occurs from self-satisfaction. That type of person exalts himself as an idol god. He and he alone is on the throne of his heart. And it doesn't matter who gets scarred in the process. Watch closely, and you'll see lives just falling apart. It starts with broken homes, but it won't be long before that life becomes its own because he will reap what he has sown. But a real man has his own because his priority is his responsibility at home. He has no time to be wasted building reputation. A real man will be a man in any situation he's facing. The consequences for every mistake he makes, and to him, excuses are useless. He persists until he gets results, and he fights the hardest when he's back against the ropes. Manhood is a journey. And it takes ambition to complete the mission. But manhood is not a competition. Some seek to compete all they can, trying to be the man who had the most sex, who cashed the biggest checks. Others use the threat of violence to get respect. But a real man gets his respect by coming correct. His manhood doesn't need a spotlight. He does what's right, even if there's not a spectator in sight. Your manhood can't be validated by being affiliated with any group of people. See, you one day going to have to travel that journey alone. And when you do it, let your ego know who really belongs on the throne of your heart is God, the perfect role model to follow. His guiding light will bring everything that needs to change into plain sight. But until then, things will remain the same. And it's a shame some only aim to get their name clout for some type of fame. But as soon as the responsibility came, they was out. Let me make this clear for every male here who's about to go that route. Please understand that being the man doesn't necessarily make you a man. That's it. That's the end. <clears throat> wow. Being the man doesn't necessarily make you the man. It's a powerful yes, lie. Yes. Also, that manhood yes, is a journey. It's yes, not yes. a destination, like you're saying, because you're constantly, continually on the path to understand who you are. In terms of being a man, just in terms of being a human being in general. So let's go back for a second. Tell me about what inspired Seed Time in the Harvest. What was the inspiration for the book? 
Well, um, it's kind of funny how um, the book came came about, um, and that's why I say, that's why I say that it's it's it's, the, it's my walk with God because at the time I really didn't know where God was taking me. Um, a lot of the poems I I started when um, I first. Um, uh, return, you know, gave gave my life to Christ, or when I first, I, when I, I say like, um, I, the word uh, escaped me right now. When I first rededicated my life to Christ, I, that's what I want to say. Rededicated. I like to say rededicated because um, I was raised in the Christian uh, household with the Christian faith, you know, and I strayed. So I rededicated. Once I rededicated myself. Um, you know, I've always been a writer um, at heart, and so a lot of times going through my trials and tribulations, you know, there have been times I didn't have cable. <laughs> there have been times, you know, I didn't have money to go nowhere, and so in my broken place, I be I would be stuck at home or stranded. You know, I can't, I, and, and, and it forced me to be still. And at that time, you know, in when I was forced to be still, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have anything to do. I didn't have the distractions of, you know, uh, partying and tripping and running and, and all of that kind of stuff. So it forced me to, you know, to get my pen and paper and just and just start reflecting and, and writing. Um, I remember uh, Maya Angelou, uh, I was looking at her on TV one time, and she said something that uh, I would never forget. She said one sentence. She said, "A writer reflects," and and that always resonated with me. And so that's that's what I, I and through that time, I was just piecing those poems together, and and then I just seen my journey as far as you know maturing with God and and the things that God was showing me and explaining to me, and it just felt like the you know I felt the growth in me, you know, and to to, to manifest the things to change my situation to where now I I have money to go to this, you know I could if I really wanted to go out and party I have money to do it but <laughs> I rather stay home and, and, <laughs> and <laughs> you know and, uh, <laughs> so it, it, it's it's kind of funny in that way um, you know and, and so I and I like the, the the revelation and the wisdom and the and the and the knowledge that he that he gives and um and so that's that's the the book um um when I go into the first the first poem is is is, is um um the contents of Christ and it's just you no know, it's content I'm sorry it's content with the contents of Christ and and I speak some, speak about that with first starting off just being satisfied to where God has you at at your particular time, where you at now, being happy with where you at. We all would rather be, you know, somewhere else. I like to, I would love to be uh, flying in a Learjet all over the world, but I'm happy with where God has me at now because he's supplying mm-hmm. all of my needs, you know. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it goes to being a man as from, from my perspective as an African-American male, and, and then I, I have another poem, 
the next poem is Why Be a Trophy When You Were Crowned? And it talks about how I view women and and how I believe women should view themselves. And then it talks then I have another poem, God is Love, as far as um, you know, the that that uh how I believe that we should put God first in dating. And then um, All right. humanity. Um the next All right. struggle for humanity for um, you know, as I as I the struggle that we go that that my that I go to go through as a black male and black people go through in general, and then, and that's as the poem. And I I bring up those those um, those titles to kind of let you see how it walks you through. You know what I'm saying? From this situation, yes. to this situation to this to that situation, and, and so as you read the book, it takes you deeper and deeper to you know. The, the the journey that I'm going that I'm going on, and then you know it gets to why I worship God, and then goes deep more in depth, and 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 then I got volume one because um I I want to come back to this you know and by and then you know Lord bless me to do another book I want to come back and to that and and go even more in depth and um all right very nice very nice you've covered a lot of ground covered a lot of ground. I'd like to know more about the title, Seed Time and Harvest. What does that mean? Tell me more. Tell me everything. Well, um, um, well I, I forgot to say this. Uh, another reason why I called it Seed Time and Harvest is because um, of my grandmother. Um, rest in peace, Beth, Delphine Graham. Um, when I was young, um, I was like eighteen, nineteen. Uh, you know, I was having a, a personal situation in my family. So, you know, with my, you know, coming from a broken home, so I asked my aunt could I live with her. So I left Charlotte, North Carolina. Where I was born and raised. And I went to stay in Gaston uh, with my aunt. And um, I called her, asked could I go. She said yes. So I stayed up there. And one one um, one morning I was in my bed sleep, and my grandma, big mama, she cooked breakfast and she woke me up. She said, uh, "You know, get up. I cook breakfast for you. Uh, you know, hurry up and eat it before it get cold." You know, now big mama could cook. Big mama could cook very well. You know, so so I didn't want to miss nothing she was cooking. And um, I get up, I cook. She don't. I mean, I get up, I eat. She don't cook. Uh, grits and put the cheese on the plate and pull the grits on top of the cheese. I got the omelets in. I mean, the breakfast was banging. What little did I know, their mama planned on putting me in that garden in the backyard, and she worked every bit of food that I ate out of me. And um, so I planted my first garden. I learned what I know about garden from my grandma. And then when I got, so when I rededicated my life to Christ, uh, you know, I started seeing how. Jesus uh, was teaching about sowing and reaping, and then you know I just I always thought back to my grandma, and um, so part of this book is a dedication to her memory, um, and for her having me out there. So when she had me out there in that garden, she planted a seed to this book, and um, the title "Seed Time and Harvest" comes from um, Noah. When Noah got off, the, when Noah got off the ark, 
he made a sacrifice to God. And um, mm-hmm. when he made a sacrifice to God, the Bible said that God thought within himself. He said, I won't destroy the uh, earth. I flood no more. He said, from now on, it's going to be uh, winter, spring, summer, and fall, and seed time and harvest. And so seed time and harvest is how the world works. It's God order of doing things. So it, I believe it's the way of manifesting. In, in the earth, and so you have to you, you, so you have to go through that process in order to get to manifest whatever it is that you want, and and that's All right. where I come from. Okay, tell me a little bit about the process for developing or creating the book cover. It's quite scenic, very nice. Okay, what um the book cover. It's kind of uh, it's it's uh, it's 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 kind of the background to it's not an exact replica, but it's it's kind of the feel of um, where my grandma stayed. Um, we lived in she lived in uh, um, you know when the, my grandparents were sharecroppers, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know they were sharecroppers, and then once they got uh, I guess they got enough money or, you know, uh, got jobs or whatever. They got enough money to buy their own land. And when they bought their own land, you know, you know anything about, um, I mean, just for the, you know, for your viewers not, you know, making any assumptions. But, you know, to know anything about history in and, and, and that, like, the early 1900s or whatever around that time or, you know, a lot of the blacks was getting the uh, land that was closer to the to the river or to the creek or whatever because when that that, that land flood, you know, then you would have to deal with it. So, um, my grandma had a old house, you know, by that that ran from that 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 goes that was stayed by the creek that ran off the uh, Catawba River. So this is when I say a creek, this ain't like a little stream. This it's current. You can hear the water, like you know. This, this, this is, you know, we used to fish out of it. Um, but um, it's it's kind of like it, it gives you that feel. It's not an exact replica, but it gives you that feel. And it's and it's and she had a garden, you know, like on the on the left side of the of the cover. She had a garden. That garden might have been at least half an acre. I mean, just off a of rough estimate. Um, All right. So you know, the, it was a real garden, and 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 so that it's kind of a it's kind of a uh, old to that. And and she had an outhouse, and, and you know, I'm not an old guy. You know, I'm still kind of young, but most people my age didn't didn't live. Uh, you know, what I'm saying that type of life. And so I was going from Charlotte to that. You know, what I'm saying so I was right. seeing kind of both. Both sides of, of, of society and, and how to live. Well, I understand your story because my grandparents lived in Ridgeway, South Carolina, and growing up, I had to slop hogs and uh, work in the garden, all those things. So I truly understand. I truly understand. Now, when you think about your book and writing it. What did you learn about yourself in the process? Who are you as a consequence of writing your book? 
Um, who am I? As that's a good question. Um, I guess um, I, I found out that um, that uh, like you, I think you, you said it earlier that you're evolving. Um, and about when we was talking about the manhood earlier, and about mm-hmm. the evolving and that the, the, the evolving and the evolution. Um, I, I I feel like um, I'm I'm just like I just want to be like my daddy, my uh, my God, my Father in heaven, uh, more than than anything else. Um, and that's that's what I that's that's what I found. You know that that um that's what poured out of me. You know um as far as just writing, you know. Uh, I mean, I I like R and B and stuff like that, but this is to me this is what was weighing um, more heavily on my heart. Like I said, when I was writing, I didn't really sit with an idea like I'm I'm gonna write this book. It was just like how I felt in the moment, you know, and reflect. Mm-hmm. And so I just write that poem and then I keep it. And then I, mm-hmm. you know, be in another moment, and then I write another poem, and I keep it. And before I knew it, I had a collection. And um, wow, very nice. And it's very nice. Yeah, and you know, and and so I, I just found, I just feel like, um, you know, I learned through my to myself is that um, that um, the prepare. You know, seed time mm-hmm. and harvest is about preparation. Um, you yes. can't you can't wait for the opportunity and then prepare for it. You got to prepare for the opportunity before the opportunity comes. You know, I had yes. no idea how to publish a book. I you know I didn't have no idea who a publisher you know or what publisher to go to. You know, but. Um, I, I was writing just out of the, the, the passion of, of of love for, for poetry and, and writing just the, just the, out of love writing. And in that, when the opportunity came to publish the book, I was ready. I, I had right. some you know, and, and that's something I learned is to always prepare. You know, okay. even even if even if you don't have an opportunity, prepare for it. Well, I'd like you to share another poem. Uh, yes, sir. Okay. Um, I guess I do. Uh, I do. Uh, why be a trophy? When you are a crown Why be a trophy When you are a crown Do you settle for less Just so you won't be let down Women often feel pressed To look their best They contest for conquest But realize your prize Is worth the strive And there's more to you Than what meets the eyes Take pride on what's on the inside Because there's no other guide To where destiny can be found so why be a trophy when you are a crown? 
the reason may be the life of a trophy can be pleasing, but be cautious in your believing. A trophy life is the season. The glory doesn't last but a season. A crown is in the class by itself. A trophy sits on the shelf with everything else. The disrespect of neglect will reveal the difference between being satisfied and being fulfilled. Being pleasure doesn't measure to being treasure because anything anyone treasures, they keep safe and sound. Ladies, life is full of ups and downs. Find a man who can stand his ground. You deserve someone who will always be around. So why be a trophy when you are a crown? So that I got, the more I found. That everything is connected. If you detect it, you understand how you are affected by what have you bound and how to correct it. Women are accustomed to placing how they look above how they feel. From tight shirts to tight skirts to high heels. They spend a large portion of their pay along with the bulk of the day to look a certain way. So when the subliminals of those individuals, it becomes ritual to maintain the visual. In every situation, whether critical or trivial, but how you are seen doesn't matter as much as how you are esteemed. Even if you're alone, you still belong on the throne. You can treat yourself like a queen. You are a royal treasure beyond measure. Nevertheless, you'll stand up for a gesture. Who demeans simply because he can't handle the pressure of being the king? The mere fact that you are God's chosen portal for his beloved mortals alone is reason enough for any man to adore you. And the Bible God refers to the church as his bride. What do you think he would decide to be the best gift to provide when his kingdom come down from heaven? There won't be any trophies found. So why be a trophy when you are a crown? And that's uh that's the end of that one. All right. Why be a trophy when you are a crown? What is the purpose of that particular poem? What were you attempting to say, to share? Um, I was tempted. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, I was attempted to say that, uh, you know, that's how she, uh, a woman should be. I feel a woman should view herself um, to, you know, because a lot of, it's a, I know women have pressure to to uh, to be, you know, with all the magazines and all the uh, social media, and all the reality shows to to look flawless, and even though it's not real as far as what's on the magazines and the TVs and all that, that's not real, but the, expect, the expectation is still there. And mm-hmm. I feel like that, you know, excuse me, that, valid, that, a, that a woman should see her validation within herself and not need it from other people, you know, all right. And um and once she value herself, then she would that that would be the treatment that she would expect, you know. And that mm-hmm. would and that would she wouldn't settle for, for anything other than that, you know. All right. 
All right. All right. And, you know, and I agree 100%. You know, listening to you, it sounds like your book, that there's a lot of emotion involved in writing it as well as the poems themselves. And my question to you is, Derek, do you think someone can be called a poet if they don't feel strong emotions? Um, that's, you know, um, I don't, I don't want to, uh, to me, there, uh, another person expression is their expression, you know, um, for me, it has, it happens to be that, you know, strong emotions or, or how I feel. Um, but to me, poetry, I mean, I, I like to write with, you know, whatever's inside, whether that's emotion or whether it's just perspective. But I think poetry is really just a perspective, you know, um, of a person. You know, uh, pimps uh, are poets in a way because they, you know, if you listen to a pimp talk, um, you know, they they very poetic with their words, but they're not emotional. You know, they're cold-hearted, you know, but... I think it's just a perspective, you know, and the perspective can be good, it can be bad, it could be, you know, uh, just reality, you know, you could, uh, you could, your perspective could just be like the news where you don't, you just report what's there and you don't, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, I think that's, I think, so I don't, I don't think it's a requirement, but I think it's All right. Like the, Emotions connect with uh, with people on the people level. Well, very nice, very nice. You know, I'd like to go back again to your childhood. If you started writing during your childhood, but what I want to know is, what was an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power? Where did you learn that that it had power? Oh. <clears throat> Um, well, um, I, I mean, to me, um, just watching hip hop, I felt like, uh, it told me that poetic language had power. Um, when you, when I seen the growth, how it grew, when I seen the, uh, you know, when, uh, Public Enemy and KRS-One and, uh, X-Clan had the pro-black movement. You know, and then everybody was, you know, wearing, uh, you know, Africa medallions, and you know, with the with the pro black movement. And then I seen, um, you know, N.W.A. and Ghetto Boys and and other gangster rappers come in with the gangster movement. And then I seen people, you know, you know, the you know want to be drug dealers and 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 glorifying drug dealers and, and then I just see it's the power when I seen the power of that, you know, how, you know, hip hop could could just change you know, how it just how it just came from nothing as far as the poverty. I mean the the, the state of black America in the eighties with the crack epidemic. And for hip-hop to be birthed out of that and to have so much influence, that is 
still, you know, uh, influential today, you know, right to this day. And the marketing from it is now is in a multi-billion. Um, that's the first time I've seen the power of poetry. Um, you know. All right. Yes, I mean, the hip-hop movement changed life of a lot of people. Change the world, the way people think, the way that you can express yourself. You know, you mentioned Maya Angelou earlier, and all great writers have great writing influences. Who are some of yours, and what makes them great in your eyes? Um, well, you know, to be honest with you, uh, I like that uh, Maya Angelou, um, Angelou uh, with the, uh, you know, really the first time I seen her was the, you know, I, they put the Still uh, Like a Rise on the uh, Coca-Cola commercial. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. That's the first time I had seen it. And And so I, I, I always respected her work. And um, in high school, I remember a teacher made us uh, memorize a poem by Robert Frost, uh, Two Roads Diverged in the Yellow Woods. And it was a poem about the path, traveling your own path through life. Yes. And that yes. stuck with me. Um, <laughs> you know, but uh, growing up, uh, growing up in, in the hip-hop culture, uh, my favorite rapper was always Ice Cube. Uh, just, I, I, you know, to me, because, like I said, I, my grandparents was living, um, you know, in the country and in mm-hmm. my holland. And, and, my, uh, and I was growing up in Charlotte. And so I was, you know, growing up in the hood in Charlotte and whatever. And, at, at, and then before N.W.A., you know, I've seen, like, LL Cool J and Big Daddy Kane. I liked it, all of them. You know what I'm saying? I liked it, you know. But, you know, we had no Dapper Dan jacket. You know what I'm saying? You know, with the Gucci emblem on the back. Um, so that kind of seems, you know, like, because New York is, is so far from where, from where, you know, I'm from. So you know what I'm saying? I liked it, and I was I was feeling it, but it it didn't look like my my neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? But when I seen N.W.A. and I see Ghetto Boys, I I kind of identified with it because it looked like where I'm from. You know, and and Ice Cube, um, he was always very vivid, a vivid writer where you could see what he was saying. It was a. I remember when Tupac got killed, and Stretch um, wrote this song called "Morning Till I Join." And when and when I listened to that song, man, I never met Tupac. I never met Stretch, but listening to that song, it was like I was hanging with them, like I was part of mm-hmm. the crew. You know what I'm saying? And that's and that's. That's the the writing that influenced and inspired me is when, you know, I ain't it's a person I ain't never met. It's a person I don't know nothing about, 
but it's like I'm mm-hmm. kicking it with them, like I like I'm in their world. You know, a poem can make you feel that way, too. Yeah, and poetry yeah, is music. Sure. But a poem can make you feel like you're hanging with somebody, that you're right there as you are processing yeah. and, and taking in what, they, what they've shared with you. I can see that 100%. I really, really can. You know, there's an image, Derek, of poets being overcome with inspiration and having to write everything out of nowhere and at once. Does this ever happen to you, man? Does this ever happen to you? Just to write everything at once? Sometimes uh, it does. Um, But I did not develop my own little uh, way of, like, writing out my little outline for where I'm going to go. Because, you know, to deal with the, you know, because I, I still work a regular nine to five. I, you know, I had manifested the being a full-time writer yet. So I still work mm-hmm. a nine to five. I still um, have to do my other stuff day to day as far as going to church and as far as, uh, you know, trying to, you know, handle other responsibilities that I have to take care of. And um, so I, I figured out a way of where I could keep my thought process on track to where I could, you know, if I have to leave the book, leave the poem for a second, and then come back, I could come back later and, you know, pick up where I left off without really losing the train of thought. But mm-hmm. that's the time mm-hmm. that I sat down. That's the time I sat down and wrote a, wrote a couple of poems flat out you know, straight all the way through. But sometimes I kind of like to take a break and reflect on what I just wrote because I don't like to, I don't want to cut. Sometimes like when you talk, you get rambling and get off off uh, the point. So sometimes I like to stop writing and reflect to make sure I'm on, I'm on uh subject and I didn't ramble too far. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. You know, before we take a quick break, I'd like to ask you the following. Let's imagine for a moment that a poem is like a cake, or a cake is like a poem, even one of those. <laughs> and there are ingredients that are involved in terms of making that cake. What are some of the ingredients involved when you write a poem? What do you put into it? Um, well, I, I put in, you know, I put in prayer. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, All right. All right. Very important. Right what else? Um, I put passion in there. Okay. Uh, All right. You know, um, and um, I put in my perspective. You know how mm. I. This is, this is yes. How I. Yes. Um, right. You know, and so if it's, it if it ain't true to nobody else, it's true to me because this is this mm-hmm. is the way I'm looking at. It. Um, well, and, that's your cake, yes. Um, and it sounds yeah. like you put your feelings in there, too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, mm-hmm. sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Your view and of the I, world, your perspective, that is so important. So important. Yes, sir. Well, let's take a brief break, my friend, and we'll be right back. Okay.
Hello, I am Michael Anthony Ingram. I am here with Derek Davis. Derek, got a question for you. <laughs> All right, you ready? <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> when people read your work, what do you want them to get, G-E-T, from your poems? What do you want them to discover from your writing? What do you want them to find out? Um, one of um, the members from the church I attend, uh, she uh, she purchased the book and she mm-hmm. told me she enjoyed it. And uh, she said, uh, I feel like I know you a little better. And um, I think that 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 you know when I when I you know was writing it all released it, uh, you know, that thought wasn't on my mind, you know, but when she said that to me, you know, that, you know, kind of resonated with me uh, to, to know me, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So when I go, when I go back to glory, that mm-hmm. is something that's, that's left behind to, to, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. for the people to know who who I am and who I was in this physical form. All right, I like that. You're leaving your legacy behind in your through your poetry. One of your legacies behind through your poetry. Yes, sir. Now, has a poem you've written ever humbled or frightened you? Um. Well, um, the, the the writer's block part of it humbled me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, all right, talk about it. Because uh, uh, you know every poem, you know, don't just flow just easy. You know, it, it you know it, it's a, truly a labor of, of love mm-hmm. that you have to love what you're doing, and sometimes you have to treat it like a puzzle. And make the pieces fit, you know. And you can't force it, you know. You know, if a piece don't fit, it don't fit. You know, you have to find the right piece. And mm-hmm. um, but sometimes those those poems turn out to be some of the most powerful poems that that, that I've read. And um, so it is it, worth it was worth uh, the fight. The, the the struggle to find the right you know to find the right uh, word where to take it and um, yes I I want to find the, sometimes the idea to me I get so excited about the idea to mm-hmm. I want the, the the lyrics to get the idea justice you know what I'm saying so right. I want to have a a great idea, and then put average lyrics, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. I understand. So, so sometimes, yeah. So sometimes it, All right. it has to take the extra work. Okay. Yeah. Well, please share another poem, man. Please share another poem. I like hearing your voice. I like hearing your words. All right. Thank you, sir. Um, uh, I'm going to try one more. Uh, 
This one is called God is Love. God is Love is a scripture that I think of as a way to commune with the one above. It's a means of respect for its people to connect. It's impossible to fellowship if your heart is not equipped with love. But now, God has revealed to me a new aspect of the text. God is love, even when dealing with the opposite sex. If God is love, then they share the same traits. And just maybe it takes understanding God to eliminate heartbreak and its ability to frustrate a loving heart to turn to hate. Like God, love operates in predestined fate. But yet still it takes someone to initiate love. The Bible says we love him because he first loved us. And in order to initiate love, you first have to trust. Like with God, with love, you have to believe to receive. And you have to learn to discern who is, who's really concerned. Great is the ache of a lonely heart, but it will pass. However, what will last is strife for life when you pick the type that ain't right. Many get used when they confuse love with sex. Why marvel a broken heart when you put the horse behind the cart? If God is love, then how can a woman or a man understand love and not know God? Who can nurture a heart to virtue? A heart that's void of God only seeks to satisfy the lust of the flesh, and it causes them to become selfish. But a heart full of God is selfless, and a selfless love is precious, is patient, and kind. It's always there to bear the test of time. Love can confide with nothing to hide. It doesn't focus on blame. Love will cover your shame. It only wants to ease the pain. It will inflame a burning passion, and you'll make it feel the same. So when love seems too hard to obtain, or your relationship is under a lot of strain, recognize the source location of inspiration comes from above. Study God to understand matters of the heart. For God is love. The Wow. God is love. You know, Derek, so much is happening in our world. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the indifferent. So much is happening. So much is happening. What do you view as being the role of a poet in modern-day society? What's our role? Um... Just to uh, just to 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 me, I think it's to show the world itself, to to heal the world of its of its uh, ailments, and to to influence others to 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 uh, try to make a better way. I'm sitting here, I'm just thinking about what you shared, influence others to make a better way. Sometimes that's so hard, man. People don't, yeah. people don't often think about poets. They really don't. So how can we get the word out there to let them know what we do? 
Um, you know, um, just to 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 share our work, uh, mm-hmm. to share our work, to share our platforms, to 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 support one another, to encourage one another, to um, you know, because um, um, that's that's how that's how you know the secular do it. You know, the, uh, Jesus uh, and you know told a parable. At the end of the parable, he said that the uh, the children of the dog is wilder than the children of the light. You know, I'm not gonna go mm-hmm. to the whole parable because that that take time. But mm-hmm. in the parable, he was talking about somebody wicked that was in trouble, and so when the person was in trouble, he, even though he was wicked, he he was wise enough to know that if he helped a bunch of people, that somebody would help him, even because he knew he was in trouble. And mm-hmm. when he was helping a bunch of people, you know, the, his, the, the person he was in trouble with, seeing his wisdom, and gave him and gave him another another shot. And and Jesus and and, and this paraphrasing, believe me, about being saying it like that. But mm-hmm. Jesus said <laughs> that the children of the dark is wise than the children of the light, because they got a good mm-hmm. sense. To know that if they help somebody, that somebody will help them. You know, yes. so as poets, as poets, we have to share our platform. We have to uh, encourage one another. We have to invest in one another, and and you mm-hmm. know, and that's how that's how we will grow. Um, All right. Our All right. Well, speaking of sharing our platforms, how important to you is it to take part in poetry readings and other live events? Do you do a lot of that? Um, I've done some, um, you know, like I said, I still work in um, things of that nature. I'm trying to get back out there um, to do some more. And, And I know some fellow poets. Um, in in Charlotte that do different uh, genres of poetry. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't been blessed enough to, to leave the state uh, quite yet, uh, but I'm mm-hmm. just, that's my goal is to be able to to, to travel and to do live readings and and to go out of state and to be able to you know to, uh, to finance it where I could go. And, and do uh, different regions and different places. Right. Now, when you write a poem, do you share your work with anyone else before you decide that it's completely finished? No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> no, nah, I, I try to give you the finished product. Um, I try to do, do the finished product. Um, All right. All right. <laughs> And all the time, that's not always easy to do, you know, to share your work with somebody else. I don't like doing it. I don't like doing it. Yeah. But having someone out there that can look over it, that can give you a fresh slant on what is occurring in the poem, you know, it can be helpful at, at times. It really can. Well, it really can. I'm now, now uh, I forgot to say that um, it slipped my mind, but... Um, when mm-hmm. when I was putting these poems together, I was performing them in my church. Um, oh, okay, okay. Um, 
Yeah, you me too in love, Charlotte, North Carolina. So I was mm-hmm. just that um on on um, as I was um putting the book together. Um I haven't showed I I put some of them in the book I didn't share. Um, but I shared a lot of them that's in the book. All right. All right. You know, we've reached a part of the program that I really, really enjoy. I view it as being a mini M I N I poetry concert. This is where you choose three poems and read them back to back, uninterrupted, no questions from me, and at the end, just say thank you, <laughs> as you've always done, so I'll know not to interrupt your process too soon. So please share with us three poems. Derek Davis, you're on the air. You're on the stage. All right. Okay, um, this one is content, content with the contents of Christ. Back when I was a lost sheep out there in the street doing my own thing, I thought fame and wealth within itself was life peace. I was concerned only about the surface. I treasured the work, but now I understand my purpose. My obligation first is to neglect my will. So with the entire contents of Christ, I may be filled, but still, people look at what I don't have. Some sympathize, others laugh. I'm a single man with no kids and no wife, although the family life seems nice. I'm content with being the bride of Christ. No matter how low my money flow, I can always afford to give a tenner. And still... Rejoice in the Lord, because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Even in sickness, I will witness. Even in poverty, I will speak of your sovereignty, no matter what it is. If it don't come from God, I don't want it in my life. I'm content only with the content of Christ. Um, that's the end. Um All right. And uh, we got another one. This one, uh, well, yeah, I, I got some. They kind of long. They're getting kind of long now. Okay, well, what we'll do, we'll save that for your last piece. How does that sound? That's the last one you'll share tonight as we end our journey together. What I want to know is, before we go, is do you think you were meant to be a poet or a writer or a lyricist? Well, uh, I like to consider myself a writer. Um, Mm -hmm. I like to consider myself a writer. You know, that way, uh, that you know, more of an umbrella type thing than to than to then then be one uh, genre. I mean, one thing. You know, that gives me the freedom to do other things as far as as far as different styles of writing. Um, so I consider myself a writer. Um, and poet is just one section for that. Okay.
Okay. Do you think you were meant to be a writer? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me why. Um, <clears throat> it's my gift. Uh, it's my gift. It's what um, it's it's, it's it's what I enjoy doing. It's what I meant to do. Um, I don't want to. Uh, I mean, that's what I. You know, if I had, if I had it to where I could just do one thing, and mm-hmm. that would be it. It would, it would be right, and um. That's what I would, would do. All right. What surprises you about being a writer? Um, uh, just where 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 uh where the where it takes you, uh, where to come from it, uh, the effect that it have on people, uh. Mostly the effect that it has, um, mm-hmm. and 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 that that's uh that's probably the biggest thing, the effect that it has. Mm. You know, uh, the works that you shared in the poetry concert, I really enjoyed listening to them because it just made me think about my own life and the good, like I said, again, the good, the bad, and the ugly that I experience. So I'm glad you're right, man. I really am. I'm glad you're out there. So at this time, I'd like to turn the program back over to you for your last piece, and then we'll conclude our journey together. All right. Everyone, Derek Davis. All right, sir. All right. Thank you. Um, I'd like to do this uh, one last piece. Um, and it is called Letting Things Go. The innocence of a child free from any blemish, blemishes of being vile is how we all came. But what's a shame is how we allow the actions of someone's style to make our personalities change. You don't even know or have a clue how you your power to people who are not even that powerful. Conflict constricts. You pin with not much to gain because you can only grow to the extent that you let things go. How would you feel if someone borrowed your car and didn't replace the gas? Or better still, brought it back with the front end smashed. In life, we learn to return things in the condition they were given. Don't you realize God has the same concern about the lives we are living? Everyone knows when you borrow any article of clothes, the owner is going to want you to clean it as well as it was the last time they had seen it. Well, God God wants you to clean your life with the blood of Christ. But even when you repent, though, to be cleansed of your sins, you have to sow forgiveness because you know God's grace only flows to the extent that you let things go. The same way our hearts have to return to God clean, we have to do our best for his investment, which is our dream. 
you were seated with talents and gifts inside your soul. What you envision have been given as your purpose for living. You need it to be completed and feel whole. Most never notice how a grudge make them lose focus of their goals. You're on a path of wasting all you have on your wrath and indignation. A vendetta is a vicious cycle that might go on forever. When pride abides on both sides of a feud, indeed it can feed a bad attitude like food. It never ends. No one wins with revenge being ruthless and fruitless. The harvest is there. The same way God sowed seed, the devil sowed tear. Beware the devil weed choke the seed. Now you become bitter in despair, considering what could have been, complaining about how life isn't fair. All you invested in revenge, the first to apologize win. Give your soul a clean and make a mean. That's why God say vengeance is mine, because those burdens aren't deserving of your time. He got a destiny for you to see, but you will never go beyond the extent that you let things go. That's the end. I'm sorry. That's the end. That's all right. Uh, that was fantastic, man. That was fantastic. You know, if you had to convince someone to purchase Seed Time and Harvest Volume 1, what would you tell them? Um, I would tell them that um, that is it's, it's, it's something in this book that is for them. It's something in this book that is for their spouse. It's something in this book that is for their child. It's something in this book that is for their ministry. It's, it's, it's encouraging. Um, and it's and, and and it's gonna help them with their journey. Um, it's a segue to the Bible. Um, you know, it's it's a it's an easy read, it's a light read. Um it's not a it's not the book is not too thick, you know, it's uh I think I uh writing this one, uh I think all of them uh would be, you know, it will have a, a good number of poems in there, but it won't be too thick because you don't have to be a voracious reader or an avid reader to enjoy this book. You can just even people who don't really read a lot of books will love this book because it's not going right. to take them forever to finish, but they're going to right. and enjoy it. <laughs> All right, very nice. <laughs> Man, <laughs> you maybe want to go out and buy a hundred copies, man. Because <laughs> just uh, listening to you. Well, that's my next question. That's my next question. Where is your book available? <laughs> it's a, it's available in both paperback and and uh, <laughs> Um, all you have to do is go on your search engine, type Seed Time Harvest Volume One. Derek Davis in your search engine in a post of websites. You can it's at the bookstores at uh, Barnes and Noble, uh, Books of Million, um, Russell Books, all of them, you know, on their website. Um, 
Uh, Amazon. 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 I found it on Amazon. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Uh, Kindle, uh, Apple Books. <laughs> um, so once you go onto your search engine in your um, on your phone or your computer, you can find it um, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, it's a it's a plethora of places you can you can purchase. <laughs> now you've written how many books at this point? Um, this is the first one. This is the first one. Hmm, I thought I read it's something differently somewhere, because your name is mentioned yeah. a number of times on Amazon. So I was wondering, hmm, maybe I. Hmm. All right, so I'm surprised, well, man. Davis is a common yeah, it's a common name. It's a common name. Uh, so, um, no, it was your name. <laughs> your name, Derek Davis, was nobody else's name. It was, it was your uh, name. <laughs> it was your well, name. Uh, it's, uh, it's, the book was published by Christian Faith Publishing, and uh, okay. they, they put it, and um, they are distributed by Ingram uh, Books. Mm-hmm. And so Ingram Books is like one of the largest. Yes, books, uh, and so it's, it's that's why I say it's, it's available um, to to a, it's the, it's available pretty much everywhere, um, you know, all over the country, um, internationally, you know. It, I mean, it's it's only in English, but you can you can purchase it in a Spanish country, purchase it in a uh, Oriental country, in the UK. Um, is is out there. So, uh, All right. There All right. Well, buy you one. God will. God will. It counts. <laughs> okay, because you know I'm going to get on your page to find out whether it was more than one book. You know that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> And, and I'm on your page right now. You're right. It was only one book. Good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing you didn't yeah. no money on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, hey. I, <laughs> all right. And um, I'm on. Uh, I'm on uh, Instagram. Dark Seven Seven Cloud. I'm on Facebook. Dark Cloud, aka David Davis, on Facebook. Um, you know, they can look me up on the, on those pages and um, add me, like my page, uh, <laughs> reach out, let me know what you think, you know, about the poem, send reviews about the poem. I like to, you know, get reviews and stuff like that to get it out there. Just, I think I have something for the people that I don't care. That's a blessing. My prayer is that my poetry will edify God's people and glorify God's name. Mm. What's next for you? Where do you go from here? What's next for you creatively? Um, creatively, right now, I'm, work, I'm working on volume two. Um, and I'm just taking taking the time. The, the God gave me a lot of ideas. I'm trying to balance mm-hmm. my schedule to where I can, you know, work and, and write and do all of that. And um, that's that's where I'm at now. 
and creatively, <laughs> I'm also trying to be creative with marketing and and stuff like that because uh, you know the gift is writing, you know, but mm-hmm. it ain't really selling. It ain't really selling and marketing and stuff like that. So that and the strategies and stuff like that. So that that part is a learning experience for me, and um, that's you know. That's what I'm trying to do now is to learn that. And and this is not actually, this is the first interview I've done. Um, oh, all right. You know yeah, so, Stop here um, first. All right. New, yeah, it's new. For, it's a new experience. Uh, you, know, for, you know, I did, I was misunderstanding of, uh, how this thing was going to work, you know. And um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, you know, but it, it was just the first time for me. I, you know, I didn't know. That's why I was like, uh, are we still talking today? Are we still doing an interview? You know, because I, I was, you know, it was the first time, first time together. Well, you did great. You did fantastic. And you won't come across another show like this one. <laughs> so, yes, so I mean, you, you I, I started like with the best, my friend. <laughs> yes, sir. I like if I must say so I myself, like and I do. <laughs> yeah, I like to stay in touch. And hopefully, uh, I can. I'd like I that very much. Since we're both from North Carolina, I like that very much. I really would. Yes, I sir. really would. Yes, <laughs> All right. Yes, <laughs> well, thank you, man. I want. I wish thank you sir. nothing but the best. Seed time and harvest, volume one. Everybody, purchase the book. Support Derek Davis, and you'll learn something as well. That's the most important thing. You'll learn something. You'll pick up something new. Maybe you hadn't thought about it. So purchase this book. And Derek, I commend you for writing it because that's huge in itself to step out on faith and put together a book and publish it, not just think about publishing it, actually doing it. That's not easy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's not easy. It's not easy. Especially putting yourself out there. Yes, very much so. Because it's your soul, you, it makes you feel vulnerable, all those things. Yes, sir. But if you've got a word to share, and I, share it. Thank you, sir. And I thank you for this opportunity. Um, it, and, and it didn't come easy. I asked a lot of people, and a lot of people mm-hmm. ignored me, <laughs> you know, and I thank you for reaching back to me. I really do. <laughs> I thank you for uh, having me on, on your show. I really enjoyed it. Well, I'm glad you did. And when you write volume two, just send me a message, and we'll do it again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to it. I like that very much. All right, then, good people. Out there in listener land, I'd like to thank you for joining us tonight. Derek Davis, star of the hour. Give him your support. And as I share with you every time I host this program, let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land. Good night, everyone. Take care. Good night, Derek. Thank you, good. Thank you, sir. Good night. Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. 
You can also check out the website at qlpor.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.